Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Friday. Coming to you from, live from our studios here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson. On the program with me today, I've got Ryan LaVoy and Cam Berry, and we've got a fun Friday show planned for you here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show as we get you set for the upcoming weekend of Auburn basketball. Auburn also continues to get closer to next Wednesday's early signing period uh, that will change the trajectory of this Auburn football program. So we'll break all of that down. We'll talk about everything else going on in the wide world of sports as bowl season is officially upon us here in college football. We've got NFL action to discuss. Might even get into some uh, NBA talk today. Uh, Check in on where that season's at and uh, discuss all of those things here on Sports Call WTGC Tiger 95.9 FM. JJ Jackson with Cam Berry and Ryan LaVoy here inside our studio. Mr. Berry, how are you today? I am doing well. I'm doing well. There we go. I can talk now. I hit the wrong button there. My fault. <laughs> doing well. Doing I've been well. doing this for a long time it, now at this point, time. and still, you know, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has those days. Everybody does have those days, man. <laughs> Off and running. What's uh, up, man? How are you? Doing great. Enjoying a great Friday. Just um, ready for the weekend, honestly. Just um, ready to just relax and hang out and get some laundry done and watch some Auburn basketball. Uh, and, and hopefully they can uh, improve improve their shooting. They had a rough rough win against uh, Georgia State. I was I was in the in Neville Arena, and I mean just the shooting performance again was just uh, not not great to say the least. Uh, so you know they, they'll probably have a tough time, uh, especially losing Wendell Green uh, Jr. with his ankle injury. Um, and hopefully, I mean, hopefully he doesn't miss any time, but I, I think he he probably will miss a game, um, and maybe he'll miss the entire West Coast stretch, which would be um, not concerning. ideal. Yeah, that that would that would not be great because uh, he's you know he's your main main scorer and and um, your your main facilitator. So gonna need some guys to step up. Liked what Trey Donaldson did last um, the other night. He had a great game. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how this team does against UNC, USC, excuse me, and Washington. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a, a unique opportunity to see Auburn play these road games. A reminder: this season in the SEC Big Twelve Challenge, Auburn is set to play a road game at West Virginia. And so Coach Pearl highlighting the fact yesterday that Auburn is the only team in the entire country this season that will play three true road games against Power 5 opponents, and that's what they're set to do here big. Uh, against USC, Washington, and West Virginia. So a big trip coming up here for the Tigers. Ryan LaVoy's hanging out with us as well. Hey, buddy. What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. How about you? No one ever asks you how you're doing And thank here. you for doing that. I am doing well. well it's a Friday. I'm, 
I'm glad you're doing well, sir. Vibes are always great on a Friday. Immaculate. Um, doing well. Uh, the Wendell Green Jr. stuff. Um, I, I honestly, uh, I did not get to watch that game. Uh, long story with my Wi-Fi, and that would bore people, but could not get it on ESPN+. Plus. I honestly was not aware that Wendell Green Jr. got hurt yeah. at the at the last minute of that game. He turned his right uh, ankle. So that that's going to be uh, very difficult for Auburn if he is out. Boogie Ellis is probably USC's best player. He is also a point guard. Uh, so that matchup would have been a really good matchup. And yeah. it go, kind of goes into what part of the struggle with Auburn this year is they're asking Wendell Green Jr. to do a lot. And he's a good basketball player, but he's not some amazing player that that just sets the world on fire he's your engine he he should not be having to do the amount that he's having to do and you know their half court offense has just been so reliant on stuff that he creates and they've just not gotten a lot out of a bunch of different players that's getting into the weeds of it but but anyway if he's out um then that they're going to struggle offensively again and uh, they're going to have to really play excellent defense and take care of the little things to win these West Coast games. But uh, overall, I'm doing well. Enjoyed watching UAB earlier. Uh, was very intense game. A lot of mistakes were made. But uh, UAB gets the first win of both season. Very excited. They got the opportunity to go out there to the Bahamas. Uh, that's always a location. We talk about the smaller bowl games. Ah, beautiful place. Getting to go to the Bahamas uh, is always going to be <laughs> worth it, I think, uh, for some of those teams. So glad to see UAB win that game. And I know Troy's playing UTSA right now. So bowl season is underway. Here it is. It's off and running, and we've got a lot of great games to watch in the weeks to come. Of course, we're getting set for uh, the college football playoff as well. Those games set to be played on New Year's Eve, which means we're 15 days away from those games being played. The schedule has always been this way, but when you're once again in the midst of it, it's kind of wild to think about those four teams in particular that basically have a month, four weeks, where they're just you know trying to stay as loose and as fresh as possible. And by the time the game comes around, I'm sure it'll feel like they've watched their opponents every other game of the season four or five times. I mean, it just feels like it's such a long time leading up to these games that have such huge stakes and magnitude. One of maybe the underappreciated parts of what the 12-team playoff will do is that it will move up everyone's timeline where no one's sitting on their hands for a month. And True. Teams change a lot over the course of a month. I mean, yeah. certainly we see it on the field, what happens in, in the course of four games, four or five weeks. Uh, but, you know... It is fortunately not a huge talking point. We don't talk about it too much because both teams have to go through it. Both teams have to have to practice and wait for a month. No advantage for one team right. in that scenario. But, I mean, it is true that it's going to be very hard to play your best game after one month of not playing. Uh, it doesn't mean it doesn't happen, but it, it's just not going to be as high of a probability that teams that are clicking at the end of the year – they lose kind of that momentum by not right. playing for a month, and and they have to really stay sharp. And you know, I, again, I'm not saying that's a thing that we we overanalyze and we talk about a ton, but it'll be nice to have a more normal schedule because if you think about it, it is something we talk about in the NFL sometimes. I mean, it's it's all always been 
do you really want that bye week and do you really want to not play for a week? Is it worth the rest to risk getting a little rusty while the other teams play? Yeah. And we've seen several wild card teams that have played that extra game end up going to or even winning the Super Bowl. Uh, so, I, you know, I think that it'll be nice to kind of move up this timeline to where it's not of you know th- four or five weeks since right. a conference championship game and all the dramatics like you know max duggan having to try and, and lead tcu b- back in the momentum that he was garnering as a heisman Gosh. candidate and then you're you're done for four weeks um right. and you're just practicing and uh, and so I, I will be i'll be happy when they've only got about two weeks off before the the first playoff games and um you know that i mean you're right i mean you you, you have to wait uh, such a, a long period of time for the biggest games. And, and the reason they do it, obviously, is to let these other bowl games play out for the most part sure. and, and get the spotlight on them. But uh, it's very hard to be at your absolute best if you've not actually played in, in nearly a month. Yeah, waiting just sucks, honestly. no Nobody enjoys just sitting Yeah, around. even the fans don't yeah, like no, this. Like, no, the fans, you know, just sit – I mean, not getting a game until – new year's eve you know it's it's a long waiting period and i didn't even think about that um you said the 12 team playoff ryan just talking about um how that moves the timeline up i didn't even think about that that's another i feel like plus to to the 12 team playoff um that i mean we're getting more college football getting more games more different environments i think every you know how they do the home games and different things like that. Certain teams will get an extra home game. That's that's awesome, and they get to, to host a playoff a playoff game. That's that's going to be huge. I feel like, um, and uh, I I think it's just going to gain a lot more momentum. Um, I know some people are just kind of iffy about it, and you can't prove that all twelve teams are worthy of being a, a national champion and so and so, but. It's more college football, and that's the thing. I think ultimately everybody will enjoy that, and the teams that do make it, where everybody will want to see their team play an extra game, whether they lose, whether they win, and continue on, and and that's just just more football. And I think everybody can agree that that's a good thing. So Saturday, December thirty first, twenty twenty two, the last day of the year, uh, New Year's Eve. We've got those two games set to be played. The semifinal at the Fiesta Bowl at 3 p.m. Central features TCU and Michigan, and then the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl at 7 o'clock Central. Uh, both those games available on ESPN. It's number four, Ohio State, number one, Georgia. Those two matchups right there, what's more intriguing to you guys right now? This answer could change because we've got a month lead up to it, and maybe <laughs> unforeseen storylines take place in that. So, but which of these games really piques your interest more uh, i told ryan actually we were, um i was actually talking to him about this earlier um while we were watching the uab game and i said that uh that ohio state georgia game is going to be interesting i think georgia is the better team but i i think that matchup is going to be tough overall just because of how dynamic ohio state's offense is um but ryan made a good point he said you know they got their butts handed to them by michigan straight up um and michigan has been playing some really really good football um i don't see tcu really putting up much of a fight it could surprise me though because they they have had i mean just they've been continuing to fight they've been down they come back they win games except for the k-state game um and and they continue to fight so they could be surprising but i think it'll end up you know, with Michigan getting that game, um, Georgia ultimately winning, and we'll see Michigan and Georgia a rematch of that uh, that first round game that Georgia just 
beat the brakes off Michigan <laughs> uh, last year. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see. But I'm more intrigued by UGA and, and Ohio State. I think that's going to be uh, probably a relatively high scoring affair. Uh, I agree. I think that's the more interesting game. Uh, you're talking about two huge brands of the sport. You're also talking about a team that we we cover quite frequently with Georgia and the SEC. Um, the stylistic differences of what Georgia tries to identify as a, a great defensive team and Ohio State identifies as a powerhouse program that likes to spread it out on offense and has had all these great receivers and great college quarterbacks here for years. Um, but for the sake of radio, I'll, I'll go and talk about TCU and <laughs> Michigan. Um, I think what Michigan's done these last two years has been incredibly impressive, and I still undervalue them because we can't forget that Jim Harbaugh, Mr. Khaki, uh, was <laughs> on, the ver- on the verge of getting fired. At Choking Michigan. up Cam over here. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I mean, That's he a was laugh and cough combination. On the verge of getting fired, yes. both in 2019 and in 2020. 2020, I was actually saw this the other day. They were 1-2, about to drop to 1-3 if Rutgers had made like a 37-yard field goal in the, right. in the shortened 2020 season. Rutgers missed that field goal. Michigan went on to win that game, and Michigan kind of righted their ship a little bit. Obviously, did not have a tremendous 2020 season. They'd already lost a couple games. It was a shortened season. But, I mean, at 1-3 and three with a loss to Rutgers, Harbaugh very well might have been fi- fired right then and there. Now you fast forward two years, and now they've been in the playoffs two straight years. And, you know, we kind of judge them compared to if they can actually win the championship. So we haven't talked about them a lot and maybe not given them a lot of credit. But they should get it because they stuck with their coach. Uh, This does not always work like this. You know, Nebraska stuck with their coach next year, Scott Frost, and they had to fire him three or four games in. So it doesn't always work like that. But they were patient with a coach that had uh, clear success in the past, had clearly been a really good head coach both at the college and the pro level. They stuck with him. They were patient. And then last year they go and beat Ohio State. They make the playoff the first time. And guess what? For an encore, they do it all over again. And then they go to Columbus this year and smash Ohio State. So, you know, what they've done has been very impressive. I do think they have the easier of the two matchups. I think TCU would be the the fourth best team here, but you know, you never. That's why these teams are here. They right. they should be great teams. They should be great games. Uh, but just the storyline for me is is Michigan, and you know, we can talk about Max Duggan, TCU all we want. Georgia trying to repeat the brand that Ohio State is, but but Michigan has also been one of those top seven or eight programs of all time, and they had been down for a long time. Uh, they had a random year or two with like Denard Robinson in the early 2010s and that sort of thing, but Michigan had not really, really been Michigan, not been top seven or right. eight worthy very often here in the last two decades since Lloyd Carr. So uh, to see them back-to-back playoffs, I think there's a little bit more pub. It is the December 31st matchup, so we're 15 days away, two weeks from tomorrow. We'll see those semifinal games between Georgia and Ohio State and uh, Michigan and TCU. I've always had such an affinity for that Ohio State Buckeyes program. Hopefully they can get the job done knocking off Georgia. That'd be quite remarkable. Uh, We're up against our first break today. I was going to ask you real quick. Yeah, please do. Uh, What in this Ohio State-Georgia matchup would have been a lot more juicy? It's still juicy. Would have been a, a little extra side of juice if it was like three or four years ago and the quarterback of Ohio State Jeez, was just Jeez, that would have been phenomenal. Oh, Gosh, I would have loved would that. Have amazing. I'd been, yeah. Still going to be fun nonetheless. But yeah, you add that dynamic, please sign <laughs> us all up for that. 
Uh, let's take our next commercial break here on the program. When we come back, we'll continue discussing a variety of different topics across the world of sports and take your phone calls, 334-887-3401. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. Now back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome back into Sports Call here on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Cam Berry and Ryan LaVoy. Uh, we hope that you're doing well here on this Friday, December 16th, 2022. Uh, taking your phone calls on the Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-3401. If you would like to call in and be a part of the program, talking about a variety of different topics in the wide world of sports. Still trying to finalize the Auburn football coaching staff. Uh, and guys, it's a big weekend. Tons of visitors set to be on campus this weekend ahead wow. of signing day on Wednesday. Yeah, I heard Grayson McCall's going to be here this weekend. Yeah. Um, and um, those two, the defensive tackle and, and edge, are going to be here this weekend as well. Qua Rousseau and, Quay Rousseau Rousseau and James Rousseau Smith. And yeah. James Smith, they're going to be here this weekend. So it's, it's a, it is a big weekend. And uh, the number one Juco offensive tackle is going to be here this week or be here this weekend, yes. correct? Yeah. Ooh. We got a lot going on. Got to right, make things happen, man. Yeah, I got to make mean, things happen. I mean, he was bringing them in. So, see if we can lock them down. Last weekend before, you know, the early signing day. And we have to say early signing day uh, for semantics, but it, I mean, it is truly the signing day now. And you already go and look at these recruiting services and their rankings that these top programs already have 24 25 commits and assuming they all sign or 90 percent of them sign i mean there's not much more to do uh in in february when that quote-unquote late signing day is so i mean th this is the time you know the portal stuff that'll come in waves you know that's that's not going to be done anytime soon that's going to be more of a elongated process uh, although Grace McCall, I mean, if it seems like he's only got two schools on the list, so that so that could be moving very quickly. But you know, portal, you'll, you're you're going to hear portal guys trickle all the way into spring ball, right? Uh, because guys will start to realize how the roster was shaking out, and they might say, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, you brought in two people at my position. What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing?" And then, question mark, question mark. and then uh, and then transfers out late or something like that, or someone just takes a while and and lets other roster situations play out before making a decision. So th that stuff will will take a while, but but yeah, the high school stuff. I mean, that's the next uh, six seven days. I mean, th that's where the ninety percent of it's going to come. And Auburn's gotten a few flips already. Uh, I know T Reed on Twitter, Mary Flipmas is uh, what yeah. they're going for. Uh, and you know, I mean that—that's the thing is that the reason. Look, there's a lot of reason flips happen, but the reason that Auburn has a great opportunity to get more flips than usual is it's that everything's new here, uh, new coaching staff, new identity with the program. Um, you know, new new facility, new, new facility exactly. Uh, new philosophies of how they're going to play offensive and defensive football. I mean, we've talked about Ron Roberts 
has a very aggressive mentality defensively. That's not something Auburn's had in a while. Uh, offensively, obviously, he frees kind of more like the Gus Malzahn stuff, certainly not anything like what Brian Harson was doing. Uh, and so you're, you, you basically what I'm saying is all these kids, all the messages that Auburn gave to these kids recruiting-wise the last couple of years, assuming that they actually tried to recruit these kids, <laughs> um, the, all those messages are now null and void. Th- that's They're not different. the message from Auburn anymore. That's not anything – nothing is the same as it was the last two years other than, okay, Carnell Williams, Cadillac Williams is still here. Uh, but, you know, honestly, he probably didn't have a big enough role the last two years, so he now has a bigger role here. Uh, and, and is going to be a part, big time part of the recruiting process as he's been. So, um, you know, the reason you're you've got this opportunity is you've got a big school, a proud school, a money that or a, a school that's well off money wise that now has new new messaging and now has um, a different message, and and so that's how they're able to potentially get all these flips and. I think they'll end up getting a couple more. We're going to see where it ends up in the rankings. Again, I don't expect them to take some – they're not going to finish where we all typically want Auburn to finish. They're not going to finish in the top ten recruiting-wise this year. But um, if they can get into the top 25 and the top 20 uh, after being so far behind what they were, you, you take that, assuming you get a, a pretty good portal portal list, which they'll have to. And they're going to get kids, and we'll say this for the next three months, they're going to get kids that sometimes won't move a needle for anyone. They're going to say, this guy's been at Colorado State for three years and only played six games or something. You know, like you're going to have one or two of those at some point. But, again, you're building depth. You've got to get you've got to get some starters figured out, some positions, and that's where your big portal guys are going to come in. But you've also got to get some depth because this Auburn program has probably not – I would love for someone else to, or someone to call in or someone to think of a time that Auburn was more depleted than it was now and that's going to be next year, going into next year. Because even though 2012 is clearly the worst year that Auburn's had, they were not depleted going into 20. They had just had two or three of their best recruiting classes ever. And at that time, transfers were not as rampant as they are now. So they didn't just automatically start losing a bunch of those guys once Chizik and the team went downhill. So I, I can't think of a time in the last 20, 25 years at least where Auburn's going to be this depleted uh, roster-wise as I'd they move through that. the offseason. And so, yeah. they're, again, you, want, you always want quality over quantity. But this offseason, they've got to focus on quantity, too, because they, they just need some numbers. Got to find a way to get numbers, get folks here to join the squad, because uh, we do think big things are going to be happening. We think it's going to be a, a really fun recruiting period for Hugh Freeze and staff as they get off and running, and they are going to have some visitors on campus this weekend. That is for sure is um, setting to be a, a really, really big weekend for the Auburn Tigers um, with Hugh Freeze putting in work already that's the one big difference we've seen so far between him and, and brian harson it appears is just all of the emphasis that he's putting into recruiting it's big yeah it's really big it's huge i mean i mean i'm glad that he is because the the turnaround is insane right the the difference in how how it's i guess went about just recruiting wise um 
is, I, I mean, Hugh Freeze gets it. I think we can all agree that he understands uh, how important it is to get these guys in here and, you know, show them what Auburn football is about, show them what he's about, uh, put emphasis on what he's trying to build here and say, hey, I need you in here to really help me build this program. I think I think you'd be a major addition and all that. And, and obviously the last regime under Brian Harson wasn't, didn't do as well with that um and so you just got to build and, and ryan's right i mean this is a depleted roster he, he's got to get a bunch of guys in here um quantity and quality wise so he, uh, here's the sheer numbers of it and i use 247 sports yeah. for all but undercovers for, confirm these visitors that are set to be in place uh cool. that's i was gonna talk about something else go for first. it yeah uh, yeah uh this is via 247 Sports, and, and this is what I typically use for the recruiting-wise, uh, just the sheer numbers of everything. Um, Auburn has the 12th most commits in the SEC. Uh, they have 13 commits right now. Ole Miss has 12, and Texas A&M has – I guess Auburn's tied for 12, uh, 12 because A&M also has 13. Um, so only Ole Miss has less commitments than Auburn does right now. And by one, uh, right? Only by one, and they are a higher quality because they are ranked ahead of them in the recruiting rankings a little bit. And so you're looking at all these other schools, Alabama 25 commitments, Georgia 23, LSU 25, Tennessee 25, Florida 21. I'm old enough to remember when they were already up Napier's butt about two months in because he lost a few players to Florida State. Arkansas has 23 commitments, South Carolina 18, Mississippi State 22, Missouri 16, Kentucky 15, Vanderbilt, although obviously they are not of great quality, 19 commitments and so again just the numbers part of it if you already thought Auburn was not incredibly deep which they weren't on the football field last year then common sense says with more portal and uh, more graduations people like Tank Bigsby going pro as they should and you're down five to ten commitments to really every other SEC school uh, other than Ole Miss, who doesn't care so much about high school recruiting, they, they like the portal, and Tex, Tex A&M, who's in turmoil right now, you're down five to ten sheer numbers yeah. just building more numbers in your program. So, uh, again, and I, I get, I'd, I'd want to balance it out because I'm not saying everything has to do with, well, if Auburn just had 23 kids, everything would be okay. Well, okay, they have to develop. They have to be good, too. Uh, but they just need SEC caliber players in here uh, and guys to, to fill these roster spots. Um, as for the visit list, and this is a big group of names, official transfer portal visitors. Okay, we know about Grayson McCall, Coastal Carolina transfer, Rivaldo Fairweather. That's a fun name. Tied in, name. Tied in out of Florida International. So, see, that could be a checkbox where it's like, all right, normally I'm not incredibly excited about Florida International's players, but. You got to get bodies. Yeah. You're losing a couple tight ends. Dylan Johnson, we know that name, running back out of Mississippi State. He's been talked about a lot. Ra Ra Thomas has been talked about a lot. Wide receiver out of Mississippi State was a 600 yard receiver last year. And at it'll State. be his second visit to Auburn. He's so, already been right. here once before since and within the last two weeks. And he's from Alabama, back. correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. You follow? Yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, Dylan Wade, an offensive tackle at Tulsa, might have that Philip Montgomery connection there. Ben Scott, an offensive tackle at Arizona State. A defensive end from Vanderbilt, Elijah McAllister. And a defensive tackle from Arizona, Deion Wilson. And, uh, of course, the unofficial visitors, a couple of high school kids. The big ones, James Smith 
and Quay Rousaw, both out of Montgomery. But you, you look at these um, these official portal visitors, I mean, all over the place there. You got a Coastal Carolina. You got a couple SEC guys from State. You got a SEC guy from Tennessee or from Vanderbilt with Elijah McAllister. Uh, you got another couple group of five guys, and then you got a couple Pac-12 guys. So the, the scope of that, uh, that's definitely a wide-reaching uh, grasp in the transfer portal that they're trying to hold on to. And obviously they won't get every single player here, but I know that McCall is incredibly exciting. Uh, that would be a big get for Auburn. I think both Dylan Johnson and Ra Ra Thomas, because look, I know Tank Bigsby's gone. I know Jarquez Hunter is really good, and I know there is a lot of hope in Damari Austin, but um, – Look, you you are going to have to have two or three running backs, period, and you still haven't seen a lot from Demari Austin, so you can't count. On, I did like on what that. I saw, though. Like what you saw, but I remember when I liked what I saw from like Rock Thomas, <laughs> and I liked what I saw from guys that ended up not uh, being here very long, or uh, you know, it it. it and then we also have doses, uh, we also have Jeremiah Cobb coming in, and which is uh, Auburn's top rated recruit, so. But, again, with Dylan Johnson being as experienced as he is at Mississippi State, I still would value that. And I think Rara Thomas would walk on and, and be yeah, the top wide receiver yeah, immediately. Easily. So, you know, there are some high-impact transfers there. Admittedly, I'm not uh, as familiar with a defensive tackle from Arizona with with Deion Wilson. Uh, I know that the Pac-12, and especially Arizona, not necessarily known for defense. But um, – Again, you're it's trying to get talent. numbers and yeah. power five guys, so uh, we will we will see what Auburn can can collect of that group. And also, again, because it's portal, then not all those guys will will likely commit next week either. Yeah, you're not going to go 100 percent in the commitments, right? No. That's always important Shoot. to remind yourself of. That'd right. be nice, yeah, but uh, if he did that would be that's just that's not exactly going <laughs> to be the case of something that happens. <laughs> so we'll take our next time out here on the program today. When we come back, we'll continue to talk about Auburn football ahead of a very big recruiting weekend. A whole lot more coming your way here on WTGZ Tiger 95.9. <laughs> May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is... What? My name is... My name is... Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. This is Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Back on Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson with Cam Barry and Ryan LaVoy here inside our studios on South College Street. All of our Sports Call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. To the phone lines we go for the first time during today's show. Ed from Auburn. Ed has called into Sports Call. Happy Friday, Ed. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, yeah, uh, JJ and all of y'all, uh, I wish y'all a happy day and happy weekend. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas as well. Stuff. It is that time of year. And, and uh, I also wanted to say congratulations to uh, 
yeah, again, two of your former uh, co-hosts, uh, Trevon and uh, Deshaun. You know, uh, Trevon doing very well. That's right. Recruiting, and, and Deshaun just getting a job. Uh, you know, did, did he, didn't he go to uh, Central Florida? He did go to UCF for one season to be a graduate assistant, and now he's the linebackers coach at North Alabama, uh, which North is ex- so, so exciting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, North Alabama. I'll, I'll turn to yeah. I'm so proud of. I'm sorry about all the noise. I'm kind of moving, but uh, I, I was just gonna on the basketball thing. It just seems okay. to me. It, it seems to me like uh, Auburn's got a few players with. Uh, I, I'm not gonna the Ben Simmons syndrome. You know, I'm gonna go out there, but I'm not really gonna. I don't. I don't know what to say. You know, you want guys that are excited that want to be out there. I feel like we've got a few guys, and you know, that just aren't. You know, and I. I know that you've got to make promises to parents. Well, he's going to get his chance at Auburn and all this. But I, if, I swear to goodness, I think I said a couple of them. And, uh, I mean, the shooting is just – have you ever I, – I, I can't remember. Uh, you know, I don't know if you have looked back, but I can't remember a poor shooting. Sure. Uh, it, it's it's really struggled for uh, for sure at the at that three-point line. There were some really bad Tony Barbie years, uh, and even in Bruce Pearl's yeah. first year on campus, uh, there weren't that great of scores for this Auburn men's basketball team. But, uh, yeah, they have struggled from three-point range, that's for sure. I, I mean, the girls are scoring. And the girls, I'm, I'm, yeah, I love Johnny Harris. She's doing a great job. Doing. What a hire that was. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh goodness gracious! Yeah, and our girls are playing so much better than our men right now. Uh, I mean, they're doing it on defense. They're shooting much better, uh, and you know, you just—it's just fun to watch. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what what, what is going on there, but uh, it, it, you know, it's not Bruce Pearl's fault. I, I want to say that. I, I truly believe that you can only that them push guys so far, and if they're not going to try. You can't make them try, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, but, but, and you also can't make the shots for them. They've got to go out there on the floor and shoot the basketball themselves. Yeah, and, and I, for the life of me, I, I, I'll never understand how anybody can shoot less than ninety percent from free throws. I just can't. You know that shouldn't happen. And I mean, I used to play basketball. I, I sit there, and, you know. I could. I'm not bragging, but it, it's not that difficult to make a shot. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not that difficult. It's not that hard. But on, on a little football, difficult for Shaq to knock him down back huh. in the day. But I guess he's the outlier there. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, well, when you're built a lot different than people, you know, it's a little different. And I always equate it to, you know, yeah, I would agree. At, at, at times, I've, I've done quite well shooting free throws myself, but anytime yeah. I've shot on, like, one of those basketball goals that you put on the back of the door or something and your hand very clearly swallows the basketball, it becomes more difficult. And for somebody like Shaq, whose hands were so huge and always yeah. swallowing the basket, like looking down at the rim almost with how big he was, Got a little complicated. Yeah. But, yeah, you would love to see that free throw shooting impro- improve 
for this Auburn men's basketball team. Absolutely. Yeah, I think there's even a one of his uh, his piece of commercials. I think he somebody said, "Well, if you made the hoop that big, you could have maybe you could have hit it." <laughs> you know, as big as the pizza. But uh, on the Auburn football, I'm I mean, who couldn't be excited about? what's happening in, in in recruiting the last two years the last several years really i mean going way back into heart uh malzahn uh there was nothing we weren't gonna give anybody you know and and now there's excitement i think there's a lot of the you know uh, nationwide i think some players that they're looking at finally instead of and I, I don't, you know, it, it's just scary to think what Auburn would be, what shape they would be in right now if we had kept Carson for another year. Because I do not think, and I don't think anybody thinks that uh, recruiting would have, you know, yeah, no chance like it has. Yes, yeah, JJ, you know that, and and I, I'm I'm proud of uh, of all the Auburn, you know, people and and what they're doing and. And offensive linemen, you know, defensive linemen, it, it, it somehow, and at least they're going after them really hard. You know, the two gentlemen, young men from Carver, Montgomery, if somehow Auburn got them, and with offense, you just got to start on the line on both sides. It's got to, you know, that that that's it's a foundation, and I. I at least they're going after them and really, really trying. And in in the future, I think we're going to get more and more of those guys. I love the staff he's put together or putting together. And uh, I'm gonna hang up and listen. Uh, but have you heard anything else about the, uh, uh, the the last position that's remaining, the wide receivers coach? I guess it's probably somebody that's probably playing. But thanks, JJ. Thank you, Ed. Merry Good to hear from you. Merry Christmas again. That's uh, Ed from Auburn. Joining us there on the show, 334-887-3401. Still waiting to find out who that wide receiver coach is going to be for the Tigers. Grant Hurd's name continues to kind of circulate out there a little bit from UCF uh, and formerly at Ole Miss. Cody Burns' name has come back into the picture as a possibility at that spot. But, uh, yeah, who knows? Uh, let's talk about this basketball team, though, fellas, because um, they do have a collection of really talented players individually. Uh, but the the shooting just has not been there this season for the Tigers. Yeah, I was I was going through some numbers while while Ed was talking. I was going back to all the Tony Barbie teams and the first couple of uh, Bruce Pearl teams that were obviously not up to the level that we've seen in recent years. And all those teams still shot the three better than so far this team is shooting it. This team is a twenty eight percent three-point shooting team bad the the only i could not find another year that was worse than 30 i found like a 30.3 uh one of tony barbie's years around 2012 or 2011 uh maybe that nine win team but no one else has shot under 30 percent there in the last 10 or 12 years now maybe i could find early lebo team or or something somewhere but but at least recently this is definitely the worst shooting team uh i will give them this and this is not some big thing but 
they are at least not taking as many threes as they have in years past. I've seen True. some games where they've only shot 12 or 13, 14 threes, and it felt like 20-plus were going up every single game in just about any other year. So I think they've at least caught on that they're not a great shooting team. However, they still need to do a better job from two. <laughs> I mean, they, they yeah. still have not found – that sort of prowess uh, attacking the rim that I feel they need to have. I mean, take Memphis, for example. We talked about this on the show earlier in the week. They scored 88 points against Alabama. They lost. Okay. They scored 88 points hitting one three-pointer, and they hit it with a second left. So they had well into the 80s without the eight of three You think it's too pricey at all? I mean, they did not have to do it at all. And then they scored 82. What was it? Two against Auburn, eighty-three yeah. against Auburn, and they only hit three three-pointers against Auburn. So take Memphis as an example of a team that is really darn good at getting to the rim, really good at the mid-range jumper, and has no problems when they can't hit a, a couple three-pointers. And so Auburn does not have that sort of potency. Uh, inside the perimeter. It doesn't have to just be a big guy. It can be, as I just said, the mid-range game. If they could find guys like Flanagan, uh, Jalen Williams, uh, even someone like Katie who pump fakes a three, steps into a 17-footer, guys like that can make those type of shots. But so far, again, Auburn has not been able to really excel at anything offensively. Yeah, it's just just tough to see, and and Bruce is – you know he he's touched on it already. He's like this team, you know, with this West Coast stretch, they're just not playing well enough to win the games on their schedule. Um, I mean, just even going into SEC play. But I mean, if we're just talking about the West Coast stretch, USC's not, you know, a slouch team. Now there's Washington. I mean, these are these are teams that are talented. West Virginia, no slouch of a team. Um, and and so they they just have to be more efficient in in their shooting. I mean, that's just the bottom line. Um, in, in your decision making in the shots that you're choosing to take make all of these things um, I would like to see certain people get up more shots honestly guys like Chris Moore uh, Jalen Williams honestly get get a few more shots up so it'll just be interesting to see how uh, how, how Bruce puts it all together um, especially with not having when probably in a game or two so we'll just have to see it moving forward Auburn basketball gets set for a game on Sunday at USC in Los Angeles, and again next Wednesday, taking on Washington there in Seattle. We have reached the end of the first hour of Sports Call here today. Back with more fun in just a moment. Alongside Cam Berry and Ryan LaVoy, my name is JJ Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. 
It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starting right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Cam Berry and Ryan LaVoy. Hope that you're doing well on this Friday. The weekend is here. And that's a good feeling, fellas. It's a good feeling that the weekend is here. We've got some bowl games to watch this weekend. Uh, We've got the World Cup Final on Sunday. We've got the NFL as teams continue to push towards the postseason. Last night in the National Football League, the San Francisco 49ers became NFC West Division champions. So it's going to be a fun sports weekend once again. The weekends are what we look forward to with some time off and an opportunity to watch sports, which is what we love to do. I do love to watch sports. Don't you, Ryan? It's uh, the best. Yes. Yeah. My blood pressure is certainly not affected <laughs> ever. <and laughs> Mine either. It's not bad for my health ever. No, absolutely not. No, no. Um, yeah, I excited to watch a little bit of the of the game last night. And um, I, I just figured the 49ers defense was just going to lock down on, on Seattle, honestly. And uh, for, I would say, pretty much the entire game they did um they allowed 13 points but you know uh, the Seahawks kind of got desperate towards the end and um yeah I mean Brock Purdy he's keeping the offense afloat and doing his thing yeah when you have Christian McCaffrey um your life is pretty easy I would say um it's a pretty good check down option and I mean like he he makes the right decisions I mean that that double fake and then throw to George Kittle in the middle was (laughs) money I mean Great, great. I don't know if that was a play call or if it was just him improvising, but it was great, and he did a good job with the throw. It was accurate. Um, he makes very accurate throws. He did make one. He made one mistake, and it should have been a pick. Um, but Quadre Diggs dropped it, and that's why he's on defense. Um, so yeah, I mean, he played a good game, and uh, you know, Geno Smith struggled. But when you have Nick Bosa ch- chasing you all game, you're you're gonna struggle. I don't want to sign up for that. Yeah, I don't want to sign up for that. I mean, it, it just is what it is. He's he's one of the best pass rushers in the game so it, it's just gonna happen um gotta get the ball out quick uh, kind of unfortunate that tyler lockett broke his index finger um and so he's gonna have to have hand surgery probably gonna miss uh, a few games but there's a chance for him to come back in the season um but yeah i mean it's it's gonna be close to the nfc a lot of people making some playoff pushes and and uh gonna, gonna see how it plays out all right, let's uh, do this. Let's celebrate our birthdays before we move forward with today's show. Here are birthdays in sports. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. Birthdays in sports here today on December 16th of 2022. Birthdays in sports brought to you by our friends at Max Credit Union. They've got two locations in the area to help serve you. Uh, and uh, again, one in Auburn on Gay Street, one in Opelika on Frederick Road. All of the banking needs that you have, Max Credit Union can help you take care of it. Uh, birthdays today. David Johnson turns 31 years old, a running back 
for the Saints, formerly of the Texans and Cardinals. He walked on at Northern Iowa in 2010 and became a starter as a redshirt freshman, started for the Panthers for four years, set several school records, including for career yards and touchdowns, and declared for the NFL draft. Taken by the Cardinals in the third round in 2016, he had 15 straight 100-yard performances, matching the NFL record. First team All-Pro in his only Pro Bowl appearance. A amazing season for David Johnson there in 2016. Injuries have kind of taken him off a little bit. Uh, but to, yeah, 31 years old today, David Johnson celebrating his birthday. He was the number one pick in fantasy one year, and... That would. I don't even think that turned out well. Um, I think that yeah, it was after the yeah, 2016 after, year where he set the NFL record, yeah. and then like three or four games into the year, he got hurt yep. and was lost for the year. Yep. And yep. so a lot of people that made him the number one pick, yeah, and rightfully so, tough. He was were hurt. Yeah, he was projected over 300 points. I do remember that much. Um, I didn't have the number one pick that year, and I'm glad I didn't yeah. because that would have been a mistake. Um, happy birthday, DJ! Yeah, happy birthday, 31 though. years old. He was um, he was tough. Boogie Basham is turning 25, defensive end for the Buffalo Bills. Played college football at Wake Forest, where he started as a redshirt freshman. In 2019, he was named to an All-ACC team. After the 2020 season, drafted in the second round by the Buffalo Bills. In his first season with Buffalo, had four sacks, along with 25 total tackles. 25 years old today is Boogie Basham. Really talented uh, on the D-line. Actually played with one of my best friends, Miles Fox, at Wake Forest. Um, and and they're, they're good friends. Um, and uh, Miles is like, dude. That guy's different, um, and yeah, he's he's, he's got a really, fun name, yeah, Boogie Basham. Boogie yeah. Basham, Let's gotta love it. Up at Wake Forest. Uh, Mark Williams turns 21 years old today. A center for the Charlotte Hornets, a five-star center in high school, committed to play for Duke out of high school. Played two seasons for the Blue Devils and was named the ACC Defensive Player of the Year in 2022. After his second season, he was taken 15th overall by the Charlotte Hornets, the only player in America last season that shot greater than 70% from the floor and 70% from the free throw line. Mark Williams uh, still trying to kind of find his footing in the NBA there in Charlotte, but a first-round pick early in his career. He's only 21 years old today. Yeah. Long wingspan. I would love to have his wingspan. I'd be swatting everyone's shots. uh, It's Nick Richards that's been playing for him, right? Another blue blood school, big-time commit big time recruit good in college but maybe not next level good and then drafted and his third year with the hornets compared to this being the first for mark williams and so they've kind of given richards those minutes and williams has had a lot of time in the g league which is perfectly fine developed there uh for sure uh kalina azabuki is celebrating his birthday today 39 years old former nba forward born the son of a Nigerian immigrant to London. His family moved to Oklahoma when he was six, where he found basketball. Led his high school to a state championship in 2001, and then led the state in scoring for three straight years. He attended Kentucky, where he played three years, winning two SEC titles, two SEC tournament victories, and made two Elite Eight appearances. He entered the 2005 draft, but Kalina Azubuki went undrafted. Signed as a free agent in 2007, and after two years in the developmental league by the Golden State Warriors, he was able to get his NBA call-up. Retiring from the league in 2013, Kalina Azubuki now does work in television. He is 39 years old today. He is the uh, Warriors color guy uh, with uh, Bob Fitzgerald on the, uh, I guess it's, 
NBCSN Bay Area, I think is what, uh, yeah. Kalina's up to these days yep. on his 39th birthday. How about Alcides Escobar? Alcides Escobar is celebrating his birthday today. Shout out to one of JJ's most random jersey collections. <laughs> what? Uh, I've got a, a, a Alcides Escobar Royals t-shirt jersey thing. Um, born in Venezuela, he started playing baseball at the age of four. Signed with the Brewers as an international free agent in 2005. Made his debut in 08. He uh, made his best year in 2015, where he made his only all-star appearance. Won a gold glove, MVP of the ALCS, and also won the World Series with the Royals. Alcides Escobar is 36 years old today. Happy birthday to him. And then finally, how about Trevor Immelman, who's turning 43, professional golfer, born in Cape Town, South Africa. He took up golf at the age of five in high school, won the U.S. Amateur Public Links Championship, joined the European Tour in 2001, beginning his pro career. He currently plays on uh, European and PGA Tour uh, senior events. He won two PGA Tour wins, four European Tour wins, five Sunshine Tour wins. He won his first and only major in 2008, where he won the Masters Tournament. A man by the name of Trevor Immelman, is celebrating his 43rd birthday today. Those are our birthdays in sports brought to you by Max Credit Union. On December 16th, David Johnson, Boogie Basham, Mark Williams, Kalina Azabuki, Alcides Escobar, and Trevor Emmelman are all celebrating their birthdays. That is brought to you by Max Credit Union. All right, time for our first break of the hour. Sports Call continues in a moment. you want to join our conversation tweet us your thoughts on twitter at sports call au want more sports call check us out online at sportscallauburn.com Welcome back into Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson here inside the studio with Cam Berry and Ryan LaVoy ahead of a fun weekend in sports. Again, the World Cup final on Sunday, Argentina and France, 9 a.m. Central Time, trying to be crowned the 2022 FIFA World Cup champions. Uh, And then that's a day of football also after that. Uh, We've got three NFL games tomorrow even and several big games coming up this weekend in the National Football League. The Falcons get back in action with a divisional matchup against the Saints as we get set for the first career start of one Mr. Desmond Ritter. I am so excited. You know, I know I'm supposed to temper my expectations. And, I mean, he is a rookie, but I I can be excited for, for a rookie quarterback and, and um see how he does and not hold him to the same expectations that I would hold eight-year veteran Marcus Mariota who quit on the team that I'm I have found out um which is a bad look for him but um yeah tell me about that it's just from what I saw and what I've read is apparently um Arthur Smith informed Mariota uh, the Thursday before the an- announcement came out, or the Thursday that the announcement came out that, that Ritter was starting, he told Mariota that he was making the switch and it was performance-based. And then Friday, it came out that Mariota was just stepping away from the team. Uh, so I guess he just kind of 
quit on the team and then there was some injury that he went and got checked out on his knee that he said oh, that man. apparently he's going on, on, on IR and he needs surgery That's and all this stuff like and, and which came out which is coming out of nowhere because he was fine he, there was no indication that he had an injury on his knee whatsoever he didn't get checked out by the team doctors he went to some independent um doctor and so it, it's it was interesting to to hear that and read about that and i was like oh he's injured and then it came out that oh he actually just stepped away from the team and, and left the team um he did have a kid recently he did ha- um he did have a, congratulations uh, so congratulations to him but it doesn't seem like that's the reason that he stepped away from the team um, so not a fan of that move because, you know, it's always been portrayed that Mike, Marcus Mariota is a, is a good guy, a really kind guy and all this stuff. And, you know, he said that he was willing to help Desmond Ritter get acclimated and, and it was always known that he was never going to be the long-term solution for this football team. Uh, so when Arthur Smith kind of made that move, I think a lot of Falcons fans were ready, including myself to see you know what Desmond Ritter has just because we're at a pivotal point in the season you know we we are still in division race somehow because our division is awful and um you know moving moving forward you want to see if if Desmond Ritter is the guy if he's going to be that guy that can make those uh that can play well and 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 do well at the quarterback position or will the Falcons be in the market for a quarterback in this upcoming draft? You have to know um because this is a I would say a pretty fruitful quarterback class um and, you know, I, I think if the Falcons don't win the division, they're looking at a top 10, top 10 pick. So uh, it's kind of a one or the other situation. And with that being said, I, I just uh, I'm ready to see what he has. Um, I think he's a, a accurate thrower. I think he was pretty good at Cincinnati. Uh, I, I think he's smart uh, just based off how his answers, um, just the things that I've heard from him in the press conferences and stuff. So uh, I'm excited to see what, what he's going to be able to do. Mariota's done in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, w- I would say he's he. This was his last shot as a starter. Oh yes, yeah. as, as a yeah. starter, definitely yeah. as yeah. a starter. I mean, he might be a backup. Um, again, uh, there's really no rhyme or reason to half the backups in the league. They are kind of what they are. But <laughs> um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think the Falcons should should be doing this with Ritter. I think it's a very commonsensical move. Um, if he plays well, they have a chance to win the division. If he doesn't play well, they know they need to take a quarterback. So. Yep. Uh, really, a, a really no risk in this decision. Only some reward. So, um, I, I think that makes sense for them. They've got a really good rush attack that yes. uh, really, no matter who they put in, seems to run well. They've got a good offensive line. Uh, I think Arthur who, Smith is doing a competent job. I just think they they acquired a, a bad quarterback. I mean, I just you know I think that was ultimately um, the issue with Mariota. We talked before the season about where he would rank with quarterbacks in the NFL and it Bottom was going to be you know well into the 20s yeah. uh, and, and that that proved to be true. So uh you know I think that the NFC South has obviously been incredibly bad. There's still three teams with realistic chance to win it even though no one none of those teams are even at 500. I was just looking at the Bucks Bengals injury report. The Bucks have 10 players out or questionable for the Cincinnati game. Uh, Jamel Dean out, Carl Nassib, their number three outside linebacker out, Vita Vea, their top D tackle out, 
Uh, Mike Edwards, their starting safety, questionable. Julio Jones, questionable. Sean Murphy, Bunning, their slot corner, questionable. Joe Tryon, Schoenka, their number two defensive end, questionable. Antoine Winfield Jr., their star- other starting safety, questionable. Tristan Wirfs, their all-pro tackle, questionable. So the Bucks Whew. are uh, going to be 6-8 and eight after this week. And so if Atlanta beats New Orleans, they're going to be 6-8. and eight. If Carolina beats, was it Arizona? Pittsburgh. Or Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Uh, which they could beat with Trubisky in there. Uh, you could have three teams at 6-8 and eight, uh, in the NFC South with three weeks to play. So uh, terrible division. It's, <laughs> the, it's the right to lose to the Dallas Cowboys the in the least. first round of the playoffs. Yeah. But you still want to accomplish it. And I think that uh, what this shows is that it's going to be a, a wild, wild south this offseason <laughs> this offseason on who tries to become because again the, and the team that i've ruled out of winning the division by the way should have been the second best team in the division they should have on paper yeah, the saints they have the second best uh roster in the division and dennis allen's just terrible i mean he's just a coach. terrible head coach yeah. and so but you but you look at their roster and alvin Kamara. And I, I know whatever went on with Michael Thomas, but Jarvis Landry, uh, Chris a Olave. good Chris Olave receiver, but then their defense has a lot of t- talented players. Cam Jordan's still really good defensive end. Mario Davis still, even though he's old, really good linebacker. They've had good DBs for a while. Like they just should not have been four and nine. Um, and so the two favorites of this division, poorly coached. And the two teams that are vying to with Tampa win the division that were supposed to be bad, they're still not very good, but at least they have a few things that have upticked for them. And for Carolina in recent weeks, it has been um, just a togetherness of their defense started to play like last year's defense again. Yeah. they have run the ball incredibly oh incredibly well. They've not missed McCaffrey at all. Don't as much as San Francisco enjoys having him, Carolina has not missed him. And they, despite having horrid quarterback play for most of the year, Darnold's now moved their needle from actively working against their success to at least allowing things to prosper yeah. if possible you know he's not taking a good way anything, to look at it uh, he's not taking things away from them like uh baker mayfield was at times like pj walker was at times so uh the division's terrible uh but uh it is the division we all somebody's got to around and uh someone will get to host a playoff game because of this yes. so desmond ritter starts on sunday for the falcons in place of marcus mariota who was the number two overall pick in the 2015 nfl draft that's what i want to go back i, I love quarterbacks uh we're already starting our quarterback conversations for this 2023 draft that's set to be had seven quarterbacks were drafted into the national football league in 2015 you guys ready for the rundown yes here we go Jameis winston right in new orleans now marcus mariota kind of in atlanta now (laughs) kind of not really brett hunley yikes wow out of the unless he might be a backup out west couldn't tell you Uh, yeah yeah uh out of colorado state garrett grayson was drafted by the saints name he's gone couldn't tell you what he's up to long gone Bryce Petty, I he might be a third stringer or yeah. something. He's but not Sean good. Mannion, not good. Nope. Don't think he's in the league. And then the last quarterback, the seventh of seven quarterbacks from 2015 drafted, Trevor Simeon. 
who huh. had a little bit with Denver, and I don't think he's in the league anymore. He, he is. Or, wasn't he with the Saints at I think some he's point? No, oh, he is, who is he with? Is he the third string <gasps> of the Saints? I feel like I remember him playing year? with the Saints at some point within the last two seasons. He's on no, a team right. somewhere. Um, uh, I definitely saw. I definitely can see him in a Saints uniform. But the Bears. He's, here. he's with the okay. Bears. He's the backup. Yep. He got. He he played. Uh, he played just like two weeks ago. Seven um, quarterbacks, I, I 2015. Say. Winston, right. Mariota, Hunley, Grayson, Petty, Mannion, Simeon. Well, that class went well. Wow. That's going to be remembered as one of the <laughs> one of the worst classes there. Hard Goodness. to get worse than that. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, Jameis oh, is the best quarterback in that yeah, class, easily. and he threw 30 interceptions. <laughs> 30-30! <laughs> so, but there is no doubting that he is the best quarterback in that class. How big of a drop until Mariota after that? Uh, a, I mean, it's a small drop, I guess. I mean, it is a drop. Are and you then, talking about from Winston to Mariota? Correct. Yeah, I mean, Winston's had a is like a C quarterback, and Mariota's like a D plus, and uh, and then would you say Simeon? Simeon's a D minus because he's in the league, and everyone else is an F. It's just yeah, they're, they're not. They don't yeah, exist. They're not there you know? anymore. Easily. Oh, <laughs> well, that's fun stuff. Let's take a look at some other things. Uh, more fun conversations ahead after this next time out here on Sports Call, WTGZ, Tiger 95.9 FM. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger on Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Ryan LaVoy and Cam Berry. Taking your phone calls, 334-887-3401 or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9 if you want to call in and be a part of the show. Getting set for a busy weekend of NFL action and again, a lot of visitors set to be on campus for uh, Auburn football this upcoming weekend. We just talked about the 2015 NFL draft and out of curiosity I'm just going to do this one more time I I won't bore people and go year by year although we certainly could uh, for the sake of really intriguing conversation I'd have fun but here we go are you ready for this fellas let's keep going I'm going to go to 2016 even more recent and this is fascinating okay there were seven quarterbacks drafted in 2015 yep there were 15 Whoa. quarterbacks drafted Sheesh. in the year 2016. That's proof, by the way. Sidebar conversation we had in the office like a week ago. Some sites have Bo Nix around like the 10th best quarterback if he, opts, if he opts to go pro. That's why it's very tweener for those guys that are like low teens and low double digits because they very well could get drafted. But also if it's a leaner year, might not get drafted. It's very big sidebar, but. 7 to 15 is quite the Big jump for one year. Okay, are we ready for this? One per round, two per round, essentially. Uh, The first quarterback selected. 
Jared Goff. Okay. Number one overall. He's all right. He's had a really he's good a, year, yeah, by the way. Very good year. Very good year. He's playing. He's playing all right. Number two, Carson Wentz. Number two Carson overall pick. Carson Wentz and got injured again. Okay. Yeah. Was was good. Now is trailed not off. Good. Injured. Yeah. Had a really I'd good r- season. I'd rather have Heineke. Heineke season. He's got a Super Bowl championship ring. Uh, for not playing, yeah, but, yeah. I'll say not. I mean, not, but that season he was twenty-seven he, yeah, touchdowns, say, he two led picks. The team for the entire season, and then got injured, and Nick Foles took his entire one spot. more first-round quarterback in two thousand and sixteen. Okay, Paxton Lynch. <laughs> Yikes! Okay, Yikes! Is he still with the Broncos? I wonder. Probably not. No, he wouldn't be on his rookie deal, so I, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, Christian Hackenberg. Was next. You swore by. I'm not letting that go. You thought I talk he was about it all the time on so the show. Good. I've said it a number yeah. of times. Uh, I still think. Was yeah, yeah. I love that guy. Yep. <laughs> I love that guy. So sorry about that, Jay. Uh, the fifth quarterback, Jacoby Brissett. Solid. Quality career. Yeah, good, what was that? Good was that still second round? Or was that third round? That was third round. Okay. Good backup. For third round. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Still in the third round, Cody Kessler. Not as good. No, not, <laughs> not nearly as good. <laughs> no. Drafted by the Browns. Um, let's go to the fourth round. This is the seventh quarterback selected, Connor Cook <laughs> from Michigan, Michigan State. State. Yep. Yeah, Michigan State. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the eighth quarterback drafted in the 2016 NFL Draft. As Dak. The fourth round, Dak Prescott. Yeah, Dak. There it is. Yeah. A hit. And that's because of me, Jerry Jones. <laughs> <laughs> What a great draft pick. Yeah. Who'd we take in the third round again? I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. <laughs> I hit on Zeke and I hit on I and I hit on uh Dax. Yep. So it doesn't matter. Zeke was the number four overall pick of this draft. Um next quarterback, same round, Cardell Jones. Not here to play school. <laughs> yeah. Was not there to play quarterback though ultimately no. either. Yeah. Uh, fresh off winning a national championship with the Buckeyes. Hell of a run in college, though. Yeah, for sure. After him, Kevin Hogan from Stanford. Yikes. Sheesh, man. Some of these names I don't Dude, even remember. Like, are you so really that surprised he didn't make it? Like, when you look back, no offense to Kevin Hogan. Like, is this that surprising that he sure. didn't no. make it? <laughs> not. This would be the 11th quarterback drafted. Okay. Nate Sudfeld. Oh gosh, he got the play surprisingly has played a playoff bit. game. Yeah, yeah, and it shouldn't have happened. Right? Uh, yeah. Ugh. So not great. Jake Rodock, Rudock, Rudock is yeah. next what? from Michigan. Nope. No. Not at all. Not at all. Brandon Allen out of Arkansas, sixth round. Liked pick. him in Arkansas, but again, not at all. Jeff Driscoll. Out of Louisiana Tech by way of he's Florida. He's still on a roster, yeah, right? Is it the Texans, Jeff. I want to say? Yes, because he, he played, I'm pretty sure. They played multiple quarterbacks yeah, the other day because they, they played Neck Boy. <laughs> uh, no, but then Kyle Allen came in and yeah, started they, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and that's then what I'm saying. Yeah, but there? Jeff Driscoll. They he's stopped on, he's playing. I meant to say they stopped playing Neck Boy. Yeah, gotcha. and then they and went, then they went back, back to him. To him. Yeah. Kyle Allen started against the Browns for Deshaun's return, and then they went back to Davis Mills. Yeah, right. They're going to be taking a quarterback number one overall. Oh, yeah. And then there's no one question. more. That was only the 14th quarterback. Right. we got a lot of these to go through. Brandon Doty, Doughty out of Western Kentucky was a seventh-round pick by the Miami Dolphins. Doughty, I think, yeah. Mm, nope. 
He hasn't been. Uh, he made no. the practice squad of the Cardinals in 2018, but that's it. Solid. Uh, yeah, not great. Nope, not at all great. So you got Dak out of that. Golf is fine. Golf but I wouldn't went, say he lives up to number one overall pick. But just, I. But from what it was said, the Lions are going to keep him. Right. So I mean, I'm not saying he's he bad. I'm just Bowl. saying for a number one overall right, pick, yeah. you want that guy to be the guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but MVP candidate one day. So rank the top four here in 2016. Dak's number one. Yeah, I, for sure. Okay. Goff, number two. two. Yeah. Who else we got We got up there? Carson Wentz and Jacoby Brissett. Hmm. Unless you think Hackenberg is no, worthy. Absolutely not. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go Dak one. Unless Wentz. you think. I'm going to go Wentz two. Cody Kessler, Cleveland Goff Browns three. Years. Yeah, I'm going to go Wentz two, Goff three, Brissett four. Yeah. I still go golf too. Um, and the only reason I put Wentz at two is because he was an MVP candidate before he got hurt that year. Sure. Um, I, here's okay. Let me look at this two different ways, Please which is do. completely unnecessary. All right. I think Wentz is uh, is better than Brissett. However, you've gotten better value out of the career of Brissett than out of Wentz because Wentz was a first-round pick and needed to be a team starter for 10-plus years. Right. And Brissett was a third-round guy that is going to always have a job as like a a 1B quarterback or or number two quarterback. And so um, I think Wentz is better than Brissett, but Brissett is kind of – I don't want to say more respectable. But he's been more valuable. Not, but yeah, yeah I, I mean, see what he's, you're saying. He's I mean, filled that role. Quality backup with the Patriots, with the yeah, Dolphins. Because starting the, for them the four Colts. years, started for yeah. the Dolphins when Tua got hurt, started for the Colts for yeah. a whole year, I think. Yes, he did. Um, and now and I thought started he was gonna, for the Browns for 12 games. I thought he was going to win the starting job um, with uh, with the Colts. I thought he was going to be, be a starter. Uh, and then they, they went with Phillip Rivers. Um, but I thought he had a fair shot, honestly. So, it, it uh, he yeah. I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from in terms of value. He's he's definitely up there because, like you said, he's always going to have a job because he's a very quality backup and he's durable. We'll go one more year. We'll All do right. it. 2017. Okay. <laughs> okay. Ten quarterbacks. This is Mahomes' so, year, right? We had seven, so. and then fifteen, and now ten. Okay. And uh, this is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, the first quarterback, though, was Mitch Trubisky. I'm, I'm Bad. so upset. Second. Bad. I obviously wanted him to be good, and uh, he was not. The second quarterback selected, 10th overall, was Patrick Mahomes. Right. Elite. Generational. Awesome. The third quarterback selected, 12th overall, was Deshaun Watson. Yep. Uh, Talented. We'll know. focus on the football. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, him, yeah, yeah, has his issues, but talented, and and he was good with the Texans, and he, I mean, so far he's not been great with the Browns, but when you don't play football for a year, and yeah, a half, it's I only mean, two games. Yeah. I'm not, you I'm not ready to yeah. write a new chapter yet. Deshaun Kaiser, nope, no, from Notre Dame, was a Brown though. Yeah. From Cal, Davis Webb. He might be someone's second or third string. He guy. was with the Giants at one point. Uh huh. I feel like he's someone's because he was drafted roster, by the Giants. Duh, the JJ. That's uh, why you remember him being boy. there. But I don't know if he's the still... Giants. Uh, he's on the Giants practice squad. Okay, there you go. Uh, then CJ Beathard. No, no. 
Josh Dobbs. Still on, uh, in the still league. Still on a roster. No. I don't know who's, but I want to say Packers, maybe? Maybe? Yes. Packers? I think I think that's right. I really think that's right. Because I think they said, because once Rodgers got hurt, I think they said. He's with the Detroit Lions. Lions, oh, excuse me. Dang. Okay. I. <sighs> Someone, someone weird is Jordan is the third string in Green Bay or something because they mentioned when Rodgers got banged up and then Love I thought had a moment where he almost got hurt. I don't know, fuzzy memory, but then Nathan Peterman. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> he's so bad. He's played more than some of the yeah, guys drafted yeah. before so him. You know? Oh my yeah. gosh, it's just because of the circumstances he and got then lucky. The ninth quarterback real. was Brad Kaya. Is that don't North even wet? No. from Miami? That name. Yikes! I don't uh, remember yeah. him. And I really don't. Chad Kelly. Okay, <laughs> didn't work Miss. in the league, but Chad we've talked Kelly. about him in recent weeks because he yeah. freeze. He's uh, freeze guy. So yeah, really, I mean, what got this him is to the league. So really, what this exercise is doing is reminding us of like quality How many college misses quarterbacks. There are. Well, I, I mean, yes, I would, but I don't know if a fifth round quarterback really needs to be somebody, yeah. no. but. Uh, I was just saying more so is like you just kind of remember that there's more. You kind of always remember the Heisman winners and right. maybe your school's players, but right. but there's a lot uh, of talent, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, Kaya at Miami again. I really don't remember honestly, but uh, these other guys, like yeah, I remember a lot of people for some god awful reason like C.J. Beathard a lot <laughs> in Iowa. I mean, I, I remember that, um, and you know. I just the the Nathan Peterman thing is all time NFL funny. <laughs> Dude. To be honest with you, it was what was it? Was it six picks in six, one game? Six. Jesus. It was. Well, how do you not half, like? Do you, do you, how do you? I don't. You know. Do you want to hear the running yeah. backs taken this season? Hopefully, this is a good, good year for backs. Okay. Okay. Leonard yeah. This Fournette, was. Yeah. This was a, a Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Awesome. Dalvin Cook. Yes. Awesome. Joe Mixon. Very yep. good. Alvin Kamara. Yep. Very good. Kareem Hunt. Very good. Yonta Foreman. Yes. Good. Yeah. Yes. Now, he's, now we know he's good. James Conner. Yes. Good. Samaj P. Ryan. Good. Yes. Tariq Cohen. Solid. Jeez. Jamal Williams. Oh, my goodness. Solid. Aaron Jones. Very, my very God, good. Very good. Yeah. That's insane. That's like yeah, 10 that's, backs. That's, that's, <laughs> that, all, that's pretty wild. All, 10 that's of the top crazy. 30 to 40 backs yeah. in the league. It's pretty wild. Talent. You're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. We'll go ahead and we'll take our next commercial break here on the program. We're back with more of your thoughts and phone calls next on WTGZ Tiger 95.9 FM. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at Sports Call AU. Like us on Facebook at Sports Call AU. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. J.J. Jackson here inside the studio with Cam Berry and Ryan LaVoy. The Sports Call podcast, it's brought to you by our friends at Coca-Cola, which we love so much. You should absolutely take advantage of this. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you want to hear something again, make sure that you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk 
Coca-Cola taste the feeling. Uh, the, it's available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or on the Tiger Communications app. As we're getting closer to the end of hour number two, we do want to get you prepared for the busy weekend coming up with uh, Auburn football and recruiting a lot of visitors set to be on campus this weekend. Cam, let's do another overview of uh, who yeah. all is set to be here because it's a big list. It is. It's a huge weekend to pick up more momentum on the recruiting front. Huge, huge weekend for uh, for Hugh Freeze and the staff. Uh, so we got, uh, for the transfer visitors, we got quarterback Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina. We've got tight end Rivaldo Fairweather from FIU. We've Still got, our favorite name. Yes. Uh, running back Dylan Johnson from Mississippi State. Wide receiver Rob Ra Thomas from Mississippi State, who is from Eufaula. Um, so that would be a big, big get to bring him back home to the state of Alabama. Um, offensive tackle Dylan Wade from Tulsa. Offensive. I'm glad tackle. Ryan made that connection with the yeah. Philip Montgomery Tulsa yeah, setup that's, a little bit earlier. That's definitely that was something wise, to think about. You know, like hey, this was your head coach, Ryan, and now he's guy. the offensive coordinator. I've been saying Thank it for you. years. I've been saying it for yeah. years. Offensive tackle Ben Scott from Arizona State. Uh, defensive end Elijah McAllister from Vanderbilt. Defensive tackle Dion Wilson from Arizona. And then unofficial visits, we have the um, Alabama Montgomery, or excuse me, Montgomery Alabama um, tandem in uh, James Smith, five star defensive tackle and five star edge uh, Quay Rousseau. Um, they're a package deal. So yeah. they're wherever, wherever it's it decided, they, they are going together. So that's a big deal. If you can get both of those guys, I think they'll be great instant impact. Um, and they are both extremely, extremely talented guys. Uh, let's be Elijah McAllister for a second here. Defensive end transferring away from Vanderbilt. What's that feeling like to be sought after after playing in the SEC for those <laughs> the Vanderbilt Commodores? Yeah, Those you know, good. like isn't that cool? A little tear in my eyes. They see me. They know <laughs> yeah. I'm talented. I did some things at Vanderbilt, I'm and wanted. now I've got a chance to go do more things. Yeah, I mean, you you've got to. Vandy uh, was improved this year. I should be a little polite to them. Yeah, sure. well, they went five and seven, uh, which was technically better. Uh, they beat Florida. They did beat Florida <laughs> somehow. I, somehow, I don't know what Florida. Florida was beat doing themselves there. <laughs> uh, because then Vandy. Trying to get to a bowl game after that win, uh, face Tennessee without Hendon Hooker, and you think, oh, maybe Vandy will at least hang in there. Joe Milton said, nah. 52 nothing or (laughs) something like that. Just just good God. Um, But there's still some teams that, even though they're bad, you know, there's still some guys that that stick out, and McAllister must be one. Uh, It'll be his sixth year of college football. He's also mm. very old, so he's more developed <laughs> than the young boys. He brings some what you would call experience. Um, but uh, I was looking at this thing from on three with uh, teams with five-star commits as of right now, and there are uh, 14 schools that have a five-star commit. Okay. And some of these just make so much sense, like a position group or position player going to some of these schools. Listen to this. USC's got a quarterback and two wide receivers. That are five stars. Used to that. Oklahoma's got a quarterback. That's a five star. Tennessee's got a quarterback. That's five star. Oregon's got a quarterback. That's five star. Bama's got a safety running back and edge. Miami's got two offensive linemen that are five stars. Ohio State's got a wide receiver. That's five star. Clemson's got a defensive lineman. That's five star. LSU's got an offensive lineman. That's five star. Iowa 
has an offensive lineman that's five star. <laughs> I mean, some of this, and there's others here. A couple of those that schools, matches perfect. A couple of those, those schools, schools have a couple more five stars. And what you would but, expect? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like if you want if you want to see what matters to kids and maybe the elite kids. Hey, I'm going to go to a school that I know has had other elite players at my position. That's right. kind of a little microcosm of that thought process. Big weekend coming up in the life of Auburn football recruiting, that's for sure. Uh, we've reached the end of the second hour of Sports Call here today. One left to go. Alongside Ryan LaVoy and Cam Berry, my name is JJ Jackson. Two hours of the books, and we're rolling. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started today on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Cam Berry and Ryan LaVoy on this Friday ahead of what's going to be a busy weekend here in sports. We've got, of course, Auburn basketball taking on USC on Sunday. They play Washington on Wednesday. Auburn women's basketball plays on Sunday. Three NFL games tomorrow, and then the NFL has several more games coming up on Sunday as well. So, huge weekend in sports, and not to mention 9 a.m. Central Time on Sunday, the 2022 World Cup Final, France and Argentina. What are you expecting in that one, France and Argentina? Yeah, I mean, I think two teams. Big names. Two teams, exactly, with huge yeah, names. for sure. Uh, great attacking quality. Uh, obviously, Messi is going to be the storyline just because he's one of the all-time great players trying to get uh, the elusive World Cup. And, look, not many players get to win a World Cup. I mean, you do it every four nah. years. It's incredible if a player can matter in four World Cups. Um, and, and so – we're recalling that Ronaldo just, you know, earlier in this World Cup became the first to score in five. So uh, it is it is very difficult to That's win insane. these things. So, but a lot of people definitely want to see that happen. France is a true juggernaut. They won in twenty eighteen. They've got was Killian on that team as well. Yes, he was. He was, he so, was breaking out into yeah, the world. He was. Uh, it was like eighteen or nineteen. 18, or yeah, that. I was gonna say he was. Yeah. And uh, and just the, the overall speed of France is something that struck me 
watching Morocco. It just seemed like every single player. You said, it, oh, my God, he's fast, too. I, I was, yeah, I was just like, I didn't even know some of their, some of their players. I remember Because I, I, I follow just... soccer enough to be cognizant of it, but not enough to go super in-depth. And so I was just like, I don't even know who that person is, and he's still faster than anyone on, <laughs> on Morocco's team. And we knew about Mbappe's speed and Griezmann's quality and all that stuff, but um, it, I think France is the slightly more talented team. Does that make a hill of beans difference in a World Cup final after you've had to win this many matches to get there? Not really, no. And Argentina obviously has excellence in the attacking third to score at any moment. So uh, I I think this will be and I and I know everyone always kind of wants to see this in soccer. And, and so it might feel like the optimistic prediction because people want this kind of game to happen. But I do think multiple goals will be scored by both teams. I think you're looking at a 3-2 to two type of oh, game. That's what um, I would love to and, see. And I, I, I really do think scoring will be uh, significant in this match. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender, 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 to be a part of the program. As we go to the phone lines, joining us here on Sports Call, we've got... Ward Damn Steve. Retired Ward Damn Steve is here with us. Hello, Steve. Good afternoon, JJ. Ryan, is it Cam? And yes. Cam, JJ, Ryan, and Cam. Right. That's right. Okay, so uh, I'm still got it. Still got together there. So it's Friday. We made it all in one piece. I know. I'm glad it's Friday. Yeah. So uh, how about let's start? I've been hearing your conversations about the portal and all the transfers, and everything. You may or may not know this, but this shocked me. It comes from the spun today. SEC program reportedly has had 25 players enter the transfer portal. Who would that be, guys? Texas A&M. Very good, Ryan. You read the article. Uh, I don't know if I read that particular article, but I have seen that headline. Well, what's astounding to me is 24 of these departures occurred in the past three weeks. Right. Uh, Ready for a change after last season, well, it what, seems. What's going on, guys? 23 people? And you thought we lacked depth? How do they have depth with that many people lose or being lost in the portal? I doubt they do. Yeah, I think I, they're I, trying I, to bring more people in now. I think those players that are leaving just don't like the direction of the program and how it's going. A lot of those uh, five stars from this from from the class, um, I think we we said it was like eleven or something like that are leaving um, of that of that best all time class that Texas A and M got uh, this past year. They're they're making a change. So, are we in the run for any of these people? I, don't know. I haven't seen I haven't any A and M names yeah, come up yet. Potentially, names either. In fact, I haven't seen our uh, coaching staff uh, with any of those transfers from Alabama. that were four and five stars. Have you seen them? Not for visits, possibly. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure where those conversations have gone with those Alabama guys. I'm just wondering why. I mean, they're they're in Alabama. Good players, yeah. Uh, and then I also read where apparently. Uh, Rousseau, is that his name? Is, Quay Rousseau and James yeah, Smith from will not Carver. not be attending this weekend, but maybe Smith might be. Okay, we had seen from Auburn Undercover and Christian Clemente that they were going to be in town. So okay, that, that's well, new to us. I hope you're right. We uh, shall I, see. This is earlier today. They said this is from Jason Campbell. Uh, I'm, I'm Jason, Jason Campbell. Caldwell. From Jason Caldwell. On his uh, Friday mailbags, when I asked him, he said uh, he got the word that 
uh, Russo will not be making it, but uh, Smith will. Okay, so, so one right. of the two. Yeah, one of the two. Yeah. All right. Now, you guys were talking about the subject of uh, portals and people leaving and uh, people entering and uh, if Flint, if, uh, Happy Flipmas, you know, Merry Flipmas. Well, uh, I, I'm, I'm concerned. And I, in fact, I shared the sentiments in an article come, uh, today written by Philip Marshall. It's entitled, College Football is Still Fun, But for How Long? And uh, he talks about a number of items, one of them being the NIL and the penalty-free transfers that he says are close to being, in his words, out of control. Uh, in fact, he says that there's uh, discussions and progress being made for college athletes to be designated as what? Employees with collective bargaining rights. So if that happens, guys, then my college football that I grew up will no longer exist. It'll be more like an NFL light. Your thoughts? 100%. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I did see uh, out in California, USC, um, or not USC, I think it was UCLA or, or something like that. They were talking about how um, these players are able to be classified as employees um, of the university or, or something along that lines, um, saying that since they get money and they get paid, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're employees, so it's it's different. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot – it's changing. That's all we can say, and it's ever, ever so constantly evolving. Um, I, I – I don't want to see that. I don't want to see college players called employees of the school. I think that's going a little bit too far. Um, but, you know, we, we'll just have to see. But it's I, changing. I'm not, yeah, it's changing. I, I'm not a big fan of that. Um, and, you know, there, there's got to be a cap on it at some point, right? Something's got to change. we gotta, we got to find some way to kind of chill this all out with all these jumping around. And, and Ryan said something, I think it was last week, about there being a potential, like, penalty or, or something along the lines with players that are transferring more than once like that one transfer everybody makes mistakes it's totally understandable you can date that one transfer and and go freely but then once you're transferring a second time a third time you you gotta something's gotta change something's gotta give um in the sense of of uh being allowed to do that well it's getting to be almost to me absurd uh i'll give you a prime example you can disagree with me joey gatewood yeah, he's transferred four damn times. He has. He's yeah. He's he's been around a lot. Uh, what is it from what's Auburn? Auburn to Kentucky. Is it the program is it him? I mean, he's just. I I guess he's just trying to continue playing. I mean, as long as it's allowed, why not? And I I think. But it's becoming like he, uh, major league baseball or, or free agency. Yeah, I mean, I think he just had. I think he's using. I think the COVID year that he has still, um, and he's just. UCF wasn't the spot. I think he's a wide receiver now. I mean, I I, I agree with you, Steve. If I, I had to analyze Joey Gatewood, I would just say that he was a guy that should have done the classic move of, oh, I wasn't going to start at a big school. I should go to a small school yeah. and guarantee I can play somewhere. It's somewhere, somewhere like UL Monroe, you know, or Louisiana or Georgia State, you know. Uh, law tech, sure. So right. I, I and I think so. I think his mistake was he Going kept trying school, to. School. And look, in some ways, it, it's admirable to keep competing. I mean, he kept going to the big schools trying to compete, but he also kept leaving. You know, so it. So uh, I, I think there is some blame there. I think he should have just gone down to a lower tier of of FBS, and and, and that's something that that's the type of transfer we did used to see. 
a lot of. We used to see someone be able to not not be able to cut it at a school like Auburn or a school like Alabama or wherever, and then they say, "Oh, well, now he's the UAB quarterback or he's the you know uh, Southern quarterback. Miss quarterback, whatever Liberty quarterback, right?" So you know, I think his fault was he kept trying to go to too big of a school for what his skill set was was should have allowed for. And Ryan, uh, to that, you know, I don't put all the blame on him. Who allowed this to happen, though? Why these Power 5 programs went ahead and said, oh, yeah, we'll give him a shot after you see, well, he didn't make it there, and he didn't make it there. Uh, you know, what about their end of it? I mean, you want depth, right? At, at this well, point I mean, in the position. I mean, they'll take me then. Yeah. I, and, and, and he was at UCF, and so he was recruited by Gus. So I think, obviously, that when you're when you're looking at that kind of um perspective gus wanted him at auburn if i remember correctly gus wanted him at auburn um gus got fired go gatewood ends up leaving right um and gatewood uh ended up at ucf and i think he was there for like two years right um and so you know you stay with the, you went you went to the coach that ultimately recruited you out of high school, um, and now he's not getting playing time. It didn't work out, but you know, Gus gave him that opportunity, um, gave him that that last chance, right? And now you're going to see. Well, is he going to get another chance? You don't know because we've already had that conversation about. There's so many players in the transfer portal, and there are going to be players that end up with nowhere to go, um, and and. You never know. Gatewood could very likely be one of those guys. You you just never know. Um, but I think the reason that he got that that next opportunity with with UCF was because of Gus. Well, I want to focus on you. I just want to give an example and uh, continuing with the theme of um, you know the old college football you know pageantry and excitement that I grew up with. To me, is becoming less and less is becoming tarnished. And Philip Marshall goes on to point out this. You know, there's going to come a time, he says, when players are going to demand their share of what? Revenue. The TV revenue. Yeah. The TV revenue. You know, uh, ESPN money, the Fox, you know, you name it. Uh, and when does it stop? And then he goes on to say, you know, this NIL money, he thinks it's unsustainable, it's unsustainable because uh, the people who are providing this NIL money, well, they're not getting tax write-offs. He said, that's not going to last. Very much longer. You agree, guys? Yeah i I would have to say uh, what what was the exact question there, Steve? What, what's not going to last much longer? He says the NIL here, according to Phil Marshall, is an unsustainable part of the new process. The willingness for donors to give millions of dollars year, year after year with no tax write off is no not going write-off. to last. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. See, I don't get into the weeds as much. I'm not. I don't know how they're going to tax it. I mean, that that's going to be a um, a government issue there. Um, there. I mean, this is income, right, Ron? That these right. Are getting. I would assume it would be taxed like any other income. But I to to figure out what Congress is going to decide to do on anything is is almost impossible. And I don't know if they're going to make for some special modification since they're younger. I, I do not know. I w- with I'm with you, Steve. I would I would assume it'd be taxed like any other income, um, and, and so Philip would be right there. But trying to predict what it's going to be, you know, Tommy Tuberville and company are working on it in Congress. What's actually going to be 
in that NIL bill and stuff, I, we've really not heard any good information on that. Well, uh, I, I'm I'm skeptical that this will end up turning out very well, uh, especially uh, for us, uh, the, the consumers, the fans. You know, the prices keep going up. I keep asking, well, who can afford to go to these games very much longer? And I don't even know why the prices, the ticket prices keep going up since the revenue from ESPN and the other major, you know, uh, broadcasters are giving more and more money to the SEC. Um, the guys, can, can you help me justify why the ticket prices keep escalating? But the, the, the programs keep getting more and more money uh, from the TV revenue. Uh, just everything goes up. Um, they obviously greed is a thing. I mean, they're going to always want to get more. Um, I'm not saying that there's not any more cost. That's when I refer to everything goes up because there is going to be a higher rec- uh, cost of recruiting. There is going to be always higher team affiliated costs. I mean, when these teams consistently spit out 50, 60, 70, 80 million dollar facilities, it's got to get paid for somehow. Uh, and that money's got to get recouped somehow, but uh, you know, obviously, they're go- any as any business would, uh, they're going to try and make as much money as possible. And and yes, the TV deals are going to be uh, going up. And I I think I think you'll always see uh, at least times where they kind of get too aggressive with ticket prices. And uh, you know, the minute the demand isn't there, the minute they don't get close to or sell out their stadium, then that will start to change. But as long as people are willing to show up for that price, you know, there's really nothing to knock it back down. Well, you, you're pretty on target here about the greed, because uh, I think most of it is being driven by greed uh, by all programs. Um, uh, I'll give you an example real quickly when I get off the air. Um, when I was living in Oak and I tell you about my friends for uh, game day, we used to park for free, and we'd have a tailgating there for free uh, in a parking lot uh, that was right across from the president's house on College Street. Well, right before That doesn't left, happen much anymore, does it? Not anymore. No, they, they sent us an email telling us anyone who parks there from now on, this was about three years ago, will have to start paying uh, to some uh, third-source party. I said, wow. And you have to designate how many games you're planning to attend. I said, okay, this is getting out of hand. And, uh, you know, it used to be, you know, where now there are all these tents, you know, in front of the stadium. It used to be just kids you know, throwing football, you know, and people tailgating. Not anymore. You've got to have some kind of, you know, uh, 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 company or, or a group of people that are paying. This is what I, 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 this is what I find to me is sad, disappointing, that the kind of tailgating and the family atmosphere is being eroded. And no one gives a damn. The administration doesn't care. Uh, do they really need that much more money from us? We can't have a free parking lot area. It's now, everything now is um, you, you got you to gotta pay for it. And, heck, I paid for it already. Uh, I should be probably a lifetime free parking uh, because my son or daughter attended to Auburn. They're still owing a, a, you know, dues uh, for loans there. You know, how about giving me a free, a free parking for the rest of my life you know, for tailgating? <laughs> Yeah, uh, unfortunately, just the, that's, you know, see the, the way of the world. Everything uh, can be monetized and uh, prices just keep going up. And, and like I said, that's where the demand part comes in. If people weren't willing to pay it, then they'd have to come down on price. But as long as people occupy those spaces, occupy those uh, 
seats, then they're they're going to keep charging more and more. Well, but you're, you're trapped. If you want to go to the game, you want to park somewhere, uh, and and don't even get started. Uh, even some of the churches there are overcharging fifty, sixty dollars. Right. Uh, so you know, it's forced choices. All right, we're gonna find you guys something I guess more lighthearted. Um, the game coming up Sunday against USC. Yes. I have not seen the line. What would you make the line? Would we be favored or would we be underdog? I. I'd probably go USC yeah, favored I by a say, couple. Yeah, I'd uh, say all of the underdogs. Uh, really, Ryan? Because you told me earlier they were ranked 113th. I don't. I don't see a line right now. Uh, but, I mean, the net ranking. Right. I think uh, 113, and we're not anywhere near that lower ranking. Uh, we're no. in the top 20. Right, but I, well, and and that was Brooks that brought up the net ranking. But what I said about that net ranking was. I know the, it could change. Well, well, it can change, but also it's not necessarily indicative that that's the 113th best team right now. That's like the 113th best resume, if that makes sense. It's like it's grading their opponents and the successes and failures of what is actually a small sample size. I think that net ranking gets better and better throughout the year because you've got more things to pull into it. But as you know, Steve, when you have a smaller sample size of something – one or two aberrations can really impact that ranking. And so, you know, that that's why the change part of it matters because at the end of the year, USC could end up 16 and 13, and they probably, even though they're 8 and 3 right now, they'd probably even go up in the net ranking because of the Pac-12 and playing a, a bunch of better teams uh, and having more of, the, of just quality opponents. So... I don't take that to mean that USC is the 114th best team in the country. Not saying that there's some top 20, you know, juggernaut, not going all the way there, but they're at least a top 70 or 80 team yeah. in the country. And because it's on uh, on their home court, uh, I, I think there's a shot that they will be favored. Okay, fair enough. Uh, the points that you made, uh, I would make us a four to five point favorite. It's going to be tough. No Wendell. I, I don't think he's going to play. That, if that it's happens, gonna be, too, that will affect That's going to be a big, big... But I saw that he won't be uh, uh, practicing yeah. uh, for the next few days, so you don't think he'll even suit up then. Ankle, yeah, ankle injuries are, are tricky. Uh, they really are, and and it wouldn't surprise me if Bruce sat him out for, for the USC game. I know, I mean, Auburn's going to need him um, down the stretch, right? farther well, KD into the season. Katie, right? I think Katie will be back. I think he was just put on rest for the Georgia State game. So let's um, hope he behaves himself. Yeah. Um, I, and, and you know, it, but it's just with Wendell and how he plays, it's it's really – I told, told Brian and JJ this on the break. I'm not as concerned about the scoring. I think we can figure out a way to make up for that. I think it's really the facilitating and the passing uh, and the vision that Wendell has that's it's that I'm gonna I'm more worried about uh, and sharing the ball overall in general. Um, I, I think Trey Donaldson has a potential to to be able to fill that void for a little bit, um, but with Wendell, it's just it's just different, um, and I, I'm definitely gonna be concerned. Um, with how how Auburn's going to be able to share the ball um, and just you know not get caught in any iso ball situations. Yeah, you know I'm also concerned because he's one of our better free throw uh, yep. you know, shooters, and if we lose him, uh, who's who's the next best free throw shooter? Probably KD. Yeah, after that, Flanagan. Flanagan. 
Okay, because uh, uh, we could easily lose that, you know, any of these games because of the free throws. Yeah, uh, and and it, I think it just depends on who gets to the line the most. KD is obviously going to be aggressive when he tries to, you know, go get his buckets. So he'll he'll probably draw a few fouls here and there, and it's going to depend on also the refereeing. You you know how that can go sometimes, um, and and depends on how the game is going to be called. Um, you just just have to see how it's going to play out. But but not having Wendell is going to be key. It's going to be crucial, and and. Uh, Auburn's going to have to find a way to make up for his production and everybody's going to have to be more efficient and be smarter with the basketball. It's going to be, it's going to be key. No doubt. All right, guys, I've taken up more of your time than necessary. So, uh, you are always appreciated for letting me, uh, ramble on and sometimes make maybe some sense. So with that said, hope all you guys have a relaxing and a really, uh, just enjoyable uh, uh, weekend. Yeah. Steve, and, uh, you do ask us. Avatar. You ask us from time to time if we're going to travel to these Auburn games. And we just want to let you know we will not be traveling. I wish. to Los Angeles. I would that, love that's to. You mean Manchester's not going to foot the bill for you? Yeah, <laughs> un- unfortunately, not going to be able to make that one happen. I wish. Not even with the bus, huh? Not no. even with the bus. <laughs> yeah. that would be quite the bus ride, wouldn't it? Dude. Can you imagine Alabama like 20, all the way to L.A.? Shoot, twenty-three hour drive. You, you know, I'm I'm making a, a jab at you know who that used to. Uh, be in charge of the AD department. That's right. Was having us uh, ride the bus. Ride bus. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And Avatar, right. you said. Avatar. And uh, Ryan, if you like sci-fi thrillers, check out a uh, series of live streaming on Hulu. It's called, uh, uh, gosh. Uh, Kindred, right? Uh, uh, yes, yeah, so the Kindred. Uh, and it's about this uh, um, you know, young black woman who gets tra- transported back in time to the uh, days of uh, slavery in the 1800s, and she doesn't know when it attributes it, and she'll stay there for maybe a few days and it gets back into the present time. So anyway, uh, if you like that kind of, it is, it's very, very uh, good acting. Anyway, uh, enough said there. Steve, have Avatar, you seen Avatar? No, I'm going to be seeing it probably early next week. Okay, okay. I was just curious. I was going to ask you if you liked it or not, but all right, cool. But Rotten I... Tomatoes and the audience loved it, so... Uh, uh, I'm just going for the, the visual effects. Right. Uh, they, they look uh, uh, amazing. All right, that said, guys, thank you again. Have a great after, uh, evening and uh, enjoy your relaxing weekend. Yes, so sir. we'll talk to you next week, guys. War Thanks, Eagle. Steve. War Eagle. War Eagle. That's uh, retired War Dam Steve joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 9 if you would like to call in to be a part of the program. Uh, fun show. We've been able to accomplish a lot and we'll kind of wind down talking about what's ahead this weekend with those games for Auburn men's basketball starting on Sunday against USC. 4.30 Central. You can watch the game on ESPN. We would encourage you to listen to the radio broadcast on FM Talk 93.9 with Andy Burcham and Brad Law. Although I must say, the uh, the fact that Bill Walton is going to be calling an Auburn men's basketball game is pretty special <laughs> coming up on Sunday. Unbelievable! I will be watching that game then. Sorry, uh, Brad and Andy, but I, I that's awesome, yeah, man. I, Bill I, Walton with the Auburn see, Tigers gotta basketball. Got to see Bill Walton talk about some Auburn Tigers basketball, and he's so polarizing too. With with him, you either hate him or you love him. Um, how he commentates games because sure. you know he gets sometimes he'll get off subject and not talk about the game and a whole bunch of things are going on around him. And, we were, but he's a funny, goofy guy, and uh, I I enjoy him. So I heard some conversations with Coach Pearl and uh, and his staff a little bit earlier this week, right before I was calling the game at shoot around on Wednesday, uh, just with the roster 
and last names and just, you know, it, it really doesn't take much to get Bill Walton messed up going on a tangent or whatever and just trying to think of what could that be for Auburn and could come up with uh, an answer. Well, he's it's already so hard to predict. Has has he has he done an Auburn game? No, he's done. He's okay. No, he's not done an Auburn so. game yet this year. I was trying to think of the last year, time no. he did an Auburn game. I would maybe it was um, when Auburn went to Duke? Maui yeah, in 2019. I think, yeah, did the Duke game was it? No, no, I think that was Bill. I think that Shulman. was Billis that did that game. May if, if I don't know. I've long thought exercise would be difficult to <laughs> pinpoint, but. Uh, I yeah I I think that will be interesting. I will not get to uh, watch or listen to the game. Uh, so two in a row. Gosh, uh, but uh, internet. huh? Stupid internet. Yeah, the internet cost me this week. I almost told Steve there that yeah I, I'm just now getting Wi-Fi back, so I haven't known what Netflix or Hulu ha- are the last two weeks. But uh, yeah, we'll not see the Sunday game either. And then the Wednesday game is on Pac-12 Network Oh, uh, when they play Washington. So uh, uh, what we're saying is you need to listen to FM Talk 93.9, the Auburn Tigers app, Tiger Communications app, and uh, listen that oh, way. That because game's going to be played late too, isn't it? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Why not? I would, I would assume so because it's on the West Coast, so – Probably uh, like a nine o'clock tip. To be exact, eight o'clock actually. Eight not, o'clock. not too bad. So oh, six o'clock local time out there. Um, but uh, but yeah. So the, I mean, these are gonna be big testers for Auburn. Um, these are the type of games that if they both go wrong for Auburn, yeah, uh, then real Nails. trouble is yeah. afoot because there's six or seven really good teams in the SEC. And uh, then you start to start to think about is the tournament really a, a foregone conclusion at that point? So, uh, and I know it's way early to be talking about that, but I'm just saying these are the type of wins that you need that can kind of separate a team that is going to be trying to fight its way towards the top or fight its way to be relevant consistently throughout the year. And um, you know that they. They need to win at least one of these games out in the West Coast, and I know we'll be talking about the uh, about early next week's shows too. But USC is probably the little better of the two teams between USC yeah. and Washington, so uh, a big one coming up on Sunday for sure. I love the internet, okay, and the, the ability to do research. I have confirmed the last time Bill Walton called an Auburn men's basketball game was in fact Maui. Uh, it was Auburn played Xavier. Xavier. The first game, an overtime game that Auburn won. Jay Billis was on the call for that one. Mm-hmm. Then they played Duke and lost to Duke by six was on Williamson and company. Um, Jay Elvis. Billis was on Don't that call. Man. But then the next game, it was Arizona. Ah. Auburn and Arizona in Maui in what would have been like the fourth place game, fifth place game, and Bill Walton was on the commentary mm. for that. And there were uh, quotes and stories about him previewing the Iron Bowl coming up that weekend that were pretty fun. And yeah, he. Uh, Which was a good Iron Bowl year. Yep. Uh, 2019. That was a fun one. But, oh, and it makes a quote, it- he, 15 years from now, parents are going to name their children Chuma. I can just see it. <laughs> nice. Big tune. 
And like technically, Bill, twenty years well, at that time, twenty years prior, someone named their their kid Chew <laughs> uh, to be to be very technical. Uh, commentary: Bill Walton just called the referee who's retiring after this Auburn Arizona basketball game a towering giant in a world of shriveling midgets. <laughs> uh, you could Bill. If someone were to actually keep a running tally of all the Bill Walton quotes, uh, that would be a website too large to exist. <laughs> because because every single game, there's four or five new ones. Uh, and something I've adopted uh, from him a little bit is he'll be like, you know, he'll see a great transition basket and he'll be like, that's one of the seven best fast breaks we've ever seen. You know, and it's just like, I don't know how you quantify (laughs) that that's a top seven fast break in your 70 years of life on this earth that you've ever seen, but we'll take it. Uh, Chuma Yuma Zuma, do you believe in evolution? He gave us his life so we could live ours. What's your name again? Okiki Hawaii. I love the plants in Maui. Wowie. I got high off that game. I've lost my mind. I love Maui. I love plants. (laughs) This has been the land of eternal everything. This is the greatest third place game ever played. (laughs) The SEC, they've got basketball now. (laughs) But this is the conference of champions. Uh, about the Pac-12. We've got 20 minutes in our life to rescue this game. One of the greatest third-place games ever played. I love my teeth. You see what I mean? Yeah. This, this many quotes from a singular basketball game. game. I'm going to keep going. Game. Dinosaurs and Titosaurus Rexes and Pterodactyls. And Gene, my favorite flavor is a rainbow. I love rainbows. I'm thankful that I got to work with you. I learned a lot. Wow. Jeez. A professional broadcast, too. <laughs> He's a trip. That only lasted about two hours. That Not even like a so long funny, SEC bro. football CBS broadcast. A two-hour. I love windows and doors. I remember pie. <laughs> I remember. It's still around, Bill. Auburn University. Auburn Arena. On the campus of Auburn. In the city of Auburn, my oh my. <laughs> wow. Oh. <laughs> Thank you for our lives. Yes, that's that was, it. Uh, that's a, he does that almost every Thomas every Northcutt year. put that collection together back on Twitter in 2018. So Too that was the last funny, time bro. we saw Bill Walton call an Auburn basketball game oh, at yeah. Maui. We got to do then. Yeah. Start the I'm running exci- tally. I'm excited to do it again. Yeah. I'm excited to hear. Coming our way on again. Sunday. That's for sure. That's going to be a whole lot of fun. Well, fellas, uh, we've done it. We have officially reached the end of the program for today. Make sure you watch uh, some football tonight for your nightly TV guy brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer, Incarnate Word, and uh, North Dakota State play on ESPN2. NBA action tonight on ESPN, and uh, bowl games galore coming up this weekend. It's going to do it for our show as we get off the air. Cam, thanks for being here. Glad to be here. See you next week. Yes, sir. Ryan LaVoy. Safe travels to Tampa this weekend. Thanks. Fire sir. those cannons, and we'll see you next week. We will try. Appreciate you. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much to everyone that tuned in and called into Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. For Cam Berry and Ryan LaVoy, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day. Good day.